at some point in meditation we arrive at the place of stopping to look for any results. It sounds to the ordinary mind like giving up. But from the perspective of waking up, it's very good news. Stopping looking for results because there's no joy in keeping looking for results. It's not sacred. It's not ennobling. It's fretful. And we may come to that place again and again and again. There's nothing to look forward to here. Especially after tea. I mean, as the Dharma talk. But, right? Can we let ourselves face that squarely? Oops. Really? It, it, they mean it. There's really just this. This turning is a sacred turning. And to learn how to navigate and understand, yes, how to work with that and how it is indeed far from a capitulation. It's the sacred place where we put all our chips on the table. Remember in the poem last night. Okay. This is, this is the roulette game right now. It's not later. It's not when you're more fixed or you think you're more enlightened. Any description of ourself that our mind tells us is Mara. I am enlightened. I'm not enlightened. I'm going to get enlightened. I'm not going to get enlightened. I'm good. I'm bad. All of those descriptions are like little eddies in the mind, you know. When the river, the great river is flowing and this little twig gets caught at the bank and the water starts spinning around it. And that's where all the activity is. And the stick and the water forget they are the great river that is heading unavoidably to the great ocean. So what would it be to put all our chips on the table? And again, that's not something I can do. We can't say, right, that's it, all my chips are on the table till Saturday. We can make that intention, but it really only takes uh, birth and fruit right in this moment. Putting all our chips on the table is very simple, actually. It's, It's not even a grand gesture although it's very profound. It might mean today really letting yourself deepen in the meditation. That when you notice that you're spinning in an eddy, you know that word? Um, If there's some second language people, I didn't know it in English for a long time and it's my first language, but it's that, that spin at the side of the water. When you're caught in an eddy today, to really see, is this what I want to cultivate right now? 
or might it be in this moment to put my chips on the table, is to let the out-breath carry me. Just this breath, just this one, all the way to the end. Can I give myself back, relinquish myself into, back into the river in that moment? Because every time we give ourselves back to the river, and in this case the river of the breath, which is itself not anything more sacred than anything else, but it allows us to calm, to steady, to brighten. It creates a patterning that gives us almost like armbands to get in the river. Right? We've got some support to get into the great river, to leave the harbor, to unhook our moorings from everything that is known, all the descriptions I've ever told myself about myself. Unhooking from the mooring at the edge of the water and breathing out. So we're waking up, and awakening can be something that happens in these stories of in one moment, something is clearly seen. It also can be a gradual deepening in the trust of trusting the territory of awakening, trusting the territory of letting go of the moorings, putting our toes in the water and going, ah, okay. Sometimes we can throw ourselves into the storm. Sometimes we dangle our feet into the water and start to taste, yeah, this is okay. There's more room here. Oops, a little bit scary. I don't know who I am. But something in it keeps calling us back to the great ocean. So today in the meditation, to we'll, we'll study, study sounds like a very serious word, but actually from the perspective of awareness, it's also a joy. We study a little bit the realm of the thinking mind. And you may feel like you've been doing that all week anyway. Right? Studying the thinking mind doesn't mean being lost in the thinking mind. Right? Studying it doesn't mean analyzing all its, all its, everything it tells you. Studying it in the same way that we study sensation, in the same way that we study the breath. We want to see and understand its nature, the nature of thought, not what it tells us, not its content, There may be a place for that. But the nature of thought itself, because we give it so much authority, we give it the authority from our conventional perspective to, it's it's either our God telling us the truth, or it's our devil that we're trying to push away. We give it this status this very high status. As we settle back today, 
and deepen, deepen in the breath. If you aren't having any thoughts, you don't need to go looking for any. Right? Letting yourself deepen breath by breath by breath. Really enjoy that. Really let all your chips fall and give yourself back. There's such a joy in that as we learn to trust it. And very lightly, sooner rather than later, the mind will pick something up. And this process we can start to study. There we are, minding our own business, putting our chips on the table, thinking we're putting our chips on the table. And something happens. We're breathing, we're sensing our breath in the body. And then something unpleasant happens in the belly or the body or the heart. And before I know it, something is tightening. I'm tightening around this unpleasant sensation and the thought in the mind comes, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then we tighten some more. It picks up some energy and we tighten. Have you noticed? It's like the ropes that were around that whale that I spoke about the other night. They're the ropes we feel in that moment. I can't do it. It's like we're in the eddy. We're in the eddy and we're spinning in the eddy and it feels like the truth and we've forgotten about an ocean and I am this small stick spinning. The breath tightens. We become very contracted and then we think, oh, okay, have a little moment of awareness and we go, right, I'm supposed to be meditating, right. And if we're not careful, we spin back into the meditation, go, right, okay, now breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. <laughs> let me get out of the eddy, let me get out. But we're in the eddy and our meditation is another bloody eddy. And we can't help it. And we've spun from one eddy to seemingly another, but it's the same eddy. We're, we're trapped in that moment. In that moment, what is our refuge, actually? Meditation as a concept, as an idea, is just an idea. Our refuge here in the awareness, that which is knowing the eddy is not the eddy. Can I rest back and acknowledge, oh, oh wow, this is the spin. This is, this is ego, this is contraction, this is dukkha, this is it. That which is seeing it, is holding it, is touching it, is not the eddy. Ah, can I rest back in that? It does not mean that the eddy stops spinning immediately. Have you noticed? If you can settle back into the knowing, the energy of it still might spin. We might hear the thoughts going, help, help, I don't like it. And we can hear those thoughts and we can meet them with a compassionate ear. It's like the echoes of our own confusion. It's like we become the great mother or the, the great compassionate ear. Kuan Yin is talked about as she who hears the cries of the world. 
hearing the eddy as the spin starts to relax it knows when we're not completely spinning with it it can start to soften the water starts to kind of drain down the plug hole but not necessarily in a flash it's like learning how to listen and letting that spin cool out breathing out oh finding the soft belly probably you'll notice in most of the spins the belly contracts the heart contracts and we it's literally like we've got a small tiny window maybe somewhere above our eyes that we're spinning in we recover the body we breathe out ah and we give ourselves back widening softening the mind brightens ah ah sometimes a little recovery moment wow that was tough and breath by breath because right here when we give ourselves back to the body breathing the body hearing the heart mind receiving this moment there is nothing here that tells us who we are it's too immediate for that and we're not used to that territory most of the time and you can check it out for yourself when we're not present we are spinning stories about all kinds of things but there's usually one feature one main um star character <laughs> to them called me it's not me it's you in your case and we have other characters in the story of course but it's always in reference to me and that referencing back to myself is secondary it's after the fact it's not immediate actually all of those self references are not immediate they're not really satisfying either even if you have an eddy today that's that that's a more grandiose eddy that don't tend to feel so bad to start with but let's say it's more like you're doing your walking meditation you're out there in the sun you can feel the body smoothly gliding over the grass ah oh, yeah looking good today <laughs> mhm right it doesn't you don't feel the contraction in the same way the desperation is not so obvious with these more uh inflated senses of ourselves it's hard to some to see the suffering but it has it is dukkha also it doesn't mean we can't enjoy ourselves it can feel beautiful sometimes to walk on the earth but where the self take the referencing do you think they can see just how glowing i am today right that referencing back 
is already a little stale. You know, you can do it a few times and then you kind of get a little bit kind of, right? Aha, can I see that one too? The thought, when I'm not feeding it, it also just fades. It fades in its own time. I come back to that illuminating, sensitive presence and I breathe out and I know that I'm here. In that open awareness, we may not have the story to tell ourselves who we are, but we know where we are. We know how we are. We know what's happening. But giving ourselves back again and again and again. So whether the thoughts today are the thoughts that are just um, <coughs> space fillers. Sometimes people notice that the thoughts are just filling space. They're not dramatic thoughts about my deficiency or my grandiosity. They're just kind of blah, blah. Right? Yeah. Being really clear. Is that really what I'm cultivating here? It's not about judging the thoughts. It's about really place, knowing where we're placing our chips. Right? In these last two days of the retreat, today is a really good day for deepening. You've done a lot of the groundwork to get you this far. And here, practice this. There's a lovely word for it in Pali. I can't remember what it is, but this relinquishing ourselves, giving ourselves back with the foot as it touches the earth, with the body as it moves in the space, <laughs> to, my, to my whole body breathing as I sit here. And there may be the tremor and the, the, the quiver as the ropes get a little looser and we don't necessarily have the same bearings that we're used to. We get a taste for that and trust that it's part of the call, this whisper to something that is beyond coming and going, beyond my best description of myself or my worst description of myself. And that's peaceful. There we can breathe out. There we know we're home in that moment. And again, that's not something for later. That's already here. Can we recognize that? So please take your seat. If uh, you like to play roulette this morning. I remember one time, sometimes it takes a while to see that we're in the, these eddies because they feel like the truth to us because we've done it so much. I was on a retreat one time. It was a meta retreat, actually, just meta practice all day. <coughs> and every day after lunch, I'd go back into this, the meditation hall. And at a certain point, just before I got to the door, this thought would arise, I hate meta. <laughs> It felt like it was the truth for about three weeks. It took me really a long time to see it. Because it's like, yeah, 
but I'm going to stick it out or whatever it is that I did in response. The, the counter spin where the ropes get tighter and they get tighter and then I'm doing my meta, may all beings be peaceful, right? And I'm in this kind of set of chains at <laughs> the time, right? But there I saw it after three weeks. It's like, I hate meta. It's like, oh, wow, wow. Yes, it is the truth. Don't look too closely at this. Oh, okay, what's happening here? The contraction. Okay, in that moment, it's not a good moment to just try and pick up this other spin of meta-meditation, try and kind of superimpose that on this little bounded creature. But just in that moment, oh, okay, this is what they talk about. I get it. Uh Ah, yeah, there's hatred here. There's contraction, there's pressure. Oh, I've been putting myself under so much pressure. Oh, boy. Wow, I thought I had to be under such a tight rein to even get in the meditation hall. Oh, poor love. Poor love, give her a break. Great, does that mean I can go and... Sure, you can do whatever you like, but let's go sit now. And see what it would be like to sit without putting yourself under any pressure. Okay, I'll come along. So taking your seat. And letting, again, keeping it really simple, part of... You might be sick of this metaphor by now, putting your chips on the table. (laughs) If you're sick of this metaphor, just hear that in the mind. I wish she'd shut up. Right? Just see that thought as it goes through consciousness. Feel it. Like, God, can't she think of something else? Right? Just breathing with that. But actually, part of that is, is the simplicity. Daring to be really, really simple. The spinning is rather complex. We have a little taste for complexity. And there's no judgment there. That's where we learn compassion. That's where we learn what letting go is all about in the midst of our complexity. It's not that we should suddenly be already finished product. Right? But daring to be simple. Which means feeling your bum on the cushion. Just another one of these ordinary humans. Uh, extraordinary humans also with a bum, with a longing or a love of waking up, with enough room for your belly, may it be free of fear, space under your armpits, jaw relaxed you don't have to get your teeth into the meditation if you're a that type of character but we can still taste the meditation using all our senses to perceive Hands soft, heart, mind available, available 
for deepening. Available when old residues kind of come in the river. A little bit of driftwood. see that softening and widening breath by breath open <clears throat> to sound without searching for sound, like letting it come to you. You're not actually obliged to pick up every thought that presents itself. If we do, we work with it. But sometimes we can see like... Um, just kind of jumping up and down. Letting your out-breath take you, just this one. Let it take you. Let it take you The thought of your mother is not your mother. The thought of yourself is not yourself.
getting a taste for the quietitude that is even there and undisturbed even when we're spinning. If the territory of less spinning is boring to you, come closer. Let the breath impact you in its quietness, its precision, 
its ending. What can you find out if you meet the breath with a beginner's mind? Let it teach you its secret.
And if you find that you're in a spin, really acknowledge that. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the spin. can be useful to know if the flavor of the spin is bitter or scared or inflated, whatever it is. And let the continuity be the awareness that recognizes. And let the breath come through the spin. Little bit.
So today in the practice, sitting, walking, and in between, any moment that you are aware and wake up and remember that you're here is a moment for practice. So considering the possibility of a continuity of awareness As you leave the hall and open the door, sensing the door handle, the opening, the creaking, your fellow meditators as they walk past you, you're walking down the ramp, ears open, feet touching earth. What is this actually? when we're not just relating to it through the old lenses of I know Gaia House, I know me. It's all predictable. But with a fresh mind, a beginner's mind as you queue up for dinner, and you might see the old moorings of even the views we have, oh, there's that person at the front again. Yeah, they must be the greedy one. Unhooking from the old moorings. Or we drop our plate all over the floor and the inner critic's coming, oh, you've just blown your mindfulness credentials. Letting it go. Feeling as you put the food on the plate, the colours of the broccoli, the carrots, taking it to your table. The anticipation, the salivating, the mouth preparing... Staying really close, what can you discover when you stay so close to something so apparently ordinary? What is there for us to find out? In these precious moments where some of the old lenses that are in front of our eyes habitually are softer or disappeared, then the territory of discovery is very available. And discovery is about things that we don't know yet. Can you let yourself be the discoverer? <laughs> 